Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Morning Star Journal and this is Tariq and like I said last week we were going to, this uh this week we we're going to talk about the Predator franchise and just how just how I feel about it and like I said last week I did actually get a guest with me so to introduce my special guest he's been a good friend of mine for quite a number of years. We've worked together at the call center. He is an expert IT and and technical professional. I'm going to embarrass him for a little bit here. He's also a musician from the guitar that he brought in, a painter if you're not following him on Instagram and Twitter. He's the host of his own uh, podcast, Car Thoughts, that I have talked about uh, incessantly. A uh, champion of LinkedIn and LinkedIn, lo- uh, LinkedIn locals, connoisseur of coffee, and author of a short novel book, Business of Earth, and a future novelist that he's gonna that I hope he talks about today. It's David Calvert. Welcome to the show, sir. Wow, uh, thank you, thank you so much for that huge introduction. <laughs> Honestly, I kept waiting for the other guy to show up. He sounds much more interesting than I do. <laughs> Well, I, I was actually going to work on the uh, the uh, laugh track and applause, so don't be surprised if that actually comes into play next time. <laughs> and uh, we might have a little bit more. So, um, you know, for the uh, <laughs> listeners, and actually you're one of them, so for yourself to listen to this later, why don't you tell yourself about uh, <laughs> yourself? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, first of all, don't forget to steal your dad's keys. I've always wanted to say that, you know, for famous sign <laughs> from Bill and Ted's. Uh, so I got to uh, make sure I leave them. <laughs> and before we go on, Morning Star Journal does not condone any stealing of your father's keys. Uh, the, and remember that the uh, views and the uh, opinions of the guests do not reflect the Morning Star Journal or its, uh, affili- or its affiliates. <laughs> all right, all right. So. <laughs> So yeah, uh, like Tariq said, uh, I'm the host of uh, LinkedIn Local. Uh, I've known Tariq uh, a long time. We worked together at the call center at Verizon. I just actually yesterday finished uh, my first full-length science fiction novel and sent it off to my editor in Hong Kong, uh, which is super exciting. I can't wait to uh, see how he cleans it up and then get it out into the hands of the masses. And... uh, Basically, uh, just started doing all of this about six months ago, and, and it's just really grown. Uh, the podcast has grown. Uh, I interviewed Treek was actually my second interview on Car Thoughts with David, and we had a good time, and then I tricked him into starting his own podcast. <laughs> and uh, so I've been a huge fan of Morning Star Journal since it first came out, and I'm excited to be on the show and talk about some Predator goodness. Excellent. Yep, and this time we are not in the car this time. We are in uh, my, if you want to call it, studio slash apartment. Um, and I'm happy to join along. And even though we're not going to play today, because I think um, that is going to require a little special, um, little special planning that I want to do. I do want to ask um, what he actually brought today, as far as his instrument. Oh, okay. It is actually uh, my wife's Epiphone acoustic electric guitar, which I've not taken out of the case yet. But it is. Uh, I've been playing it some. She got it out of storage, and uh, I started learning um, or learning a couple new songs on it. And 
instead of breaking out my guitars, which are much more expensive, <laughs> I've been I, enjoying this one. Hey, understandable. This is ringing, so go ahead. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate it, and like I said, um, we're definitely going to plan something a little bit more special next time. Um, maybe we'll see what we can do, a combination of acoustic and electric, because I mainly just play electric. Um, as a thing I've talked about before, I usually use uh, mine, which is a Fender Squire right now. Um, I've thought about actually trying to do bass eventually, so kind of see where that goes. Like I said, maybe we'll try to figure out something uh, for our next interview, but um, we've got the um, Predators, which is the uh, Robert Rodriguez film that came out in 2010. We've got that kind of playing in the background. Um, turned it low for right now, just in case, because sometimes it it's very random on when uh, any kind of random gunfire or uh, screaming human or alien comes up. So we'll kind of put that on the back burner just for um, right now. But we're going to get into the Predator franchise in general. Now, this has been going on for, my goodness, like over 30 years since the first one that came out in 87. So 31 years. Yep, for 31 years, exactly. And it's, well, it's certainly got its ups and downs, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you, you have... Uh... A movie that's kind of went from being an action flick with aliens to an alien flick with aliens to a science fiction flick to horror to it's kind of ran the gambit on what it's been about, um, you know. And of course, you know the one we're watching, Predators. Um, you know, I mean that was that had crazy, uh, you know, Lawrence Fishburne in it. And I love that. that's probably <laughs> my favorite character in the whole uh, in the whole uh, movie was just watching him just nuts. Like, yeah, I don't ever get like a kind of like oh, uh, what is a PTSD like nuts Lawrence Fishburne too often, and that's an interesting character that which would kind of show up every so often. You know, you, get, you know, if you could just kind of maybe they could bring him back. I saw a a, a funny video of uh, that was uh, making fun of all the lost guest stars from the Mission Impossible series. Uh, you know, and Lawrence Fishburne was uh, a director at one point, and of course, he was only director for Mission Impossible three. It didn't show up. And they was like, it wouldn't it be funny if all the people that would showed up this possible series turned out to be the apostles from the latest ones. They just turned up as these like this evil organization. <laughs> that would be awesome. But um, but right now, like I said, we're talking about the Predator, and what I want to do is pick David's brain a little bit on um, just the you know Predator franchise in general, and um, maybe just have a little back and forth on you know, um, what this character, in a sense, because Predator is a character, uh, you know, and what it really meant to us. So, so first question I want to ask is, when did you first, um, when, uh, well, okay, 
what was the first Predator movie you actually remember seeing, and where did you see it? Like, which did you start with one, or maybe you start with two and went back to one? You know, what was your what was the first one that you remember seeing? Okay, well, the first one I actually saw was the first one, um, <clears throat> and it was close to the time the second one came out. Um, it was actually on TV, and I remember watching it so vividly on my. Um, 13-inch black-and-white RCA television with dials on the side. You watched Predator in black-and-white? The first time I actually saw Predator was on my black-and-white television. Yes. With rabbit ears and the whole nine yards. I don't even know how you would process his heat vision. That just seems weird to see that. In, <laughs> no, right. I mean, it, it, it was because I, I remember I, I can't remember when I first saw it. I know it was in color at least, but <laughs> I remember when I first saw the Heat Vision. I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that. Even though supposedly, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Westworld, um, the old Westworld TV show, was one of the first ones to use that imagery, and a lot of people have used it since the, at that point, you know, up to the seventies and eighties. But when I first saw Predator, you know, that was, like, really the first time I'd seen that, uh, you know, aspect of it, which made it look like this was definitely something not human. But to imagine that in black and white, I'm just like, it would just look like nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it looked almost like a cartoon. And, And fun fact about, since you brought up Westworld, is... That was the first movie that had Gul Brenner in it. It was the first movie to actually have CG effects in it. Really? It's no. back in the 70s. Oh. Yeah. Very first movie to use CG. It, I would say it's come a long way since then, but there's some movies I'm like, mm, you could use the history lesson. Yeah. yeah. Let me lend you my black and white TV. It's at least That's <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's funny. Now, it's funny because I think I remember seeing Predators similar to that where, like... Because I remember seeing Predator 2, which came out in only three years later, in 1990. I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember going to a theater to see it. And I remember being excited to see it. And the only way that worked is if I've seen the Predator before. So, But I don't remember ever going to the theater to see the first Predator. So I think like, yeah, I've probably seen it. I've seen it on TV. And I really liked it back then. And since then, I have seen, for better or worse, I've seen the other ones in film. We'll definitely talk about some of the later ones later. Uh, But, okay, in full disclosure here, we are going to be spoiling all the Predator movies. So, get to the chopper. Yes. (laughs) Get to the chopper of your DVD player and put it in and watch them. Unless it's um, the newest one and then get to the chopper and throw it in. (laughs) So we will be talking about, um, so let's line up, we're going to talk about the first Predator in 87, Predator 2, 1990, Alien vs. Predator, because it is part of it, and and it is the first Predator, so the AVP from 2004, AVPR, Requiem, dear God, in 2007, The Predator, which we have on uh, 2010, and I will mainly be talking about The Predator from the recent one to the 18, because I believe, David, you haven't watched it yet. I have not, yes. Okay. I've seen the trailers. I think that was all the good parts, so I, I left it at that. I question if those were even the good parts, <laughs> even for the trailer, but fair enough. But, 
So my next question is going to be, um, did you ever follow the Predator outside of the movies? Did you ever see anything from like, because um, the Predator um, has like, com- there's comics, there's novels. He's appeared in several video games, even appeared recently in Mortal Kombat. I don't know about this, but it's funny. The only thing that I've like, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool how they went, they actually went out and did this. Not only did they add the Predator in Mortal Kombat X, but they even have a download to make Jax look like Dylan from the first Predator. And I was like, hey, they really went all out just to have the Predator in this game. But yeah, just one question, like, did you, um, do you ever, did you ever follow it outside of just the movies? Um, yeah, I mean, I played some of the some of the games um, on the various consoles that they came out on. Um, you know, the Alien versus Predator. You know, I played some of those on, on uh, you know computer and console, uh, but that's really about it. I didn't really follow the comics. Uh, that when I first read your question, the first thing I thought of, and we're going to hit another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie on this one. First thing I thought of was actually Last Action Hero, and just <laughs> expecting him to pop out the screen, and then I'm like, "Oh wait, there goes the Predator," and I'm actually literally falling. <laughs> I forgot like about that. Last Action Hero. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I should have added that on there. Well, dang, I have to remember it. I got to remember that for the uh, Arnold uh, episode. There you go. Yeah, like greatest movies um, or worst movies in that case. <laughs> yeah, like I remember the. I think after Predator Two, because like I said that was the one I saw. That was the first one I remember seeing in the theaters. Um, and uh, Batman versus Predator, the novel actually. Uh, sorry, the the comic actually came out like almost the same time, really close to the same time. And um, there's a there's a YouTube um, show uh, comic pop that they do back issues. And they talked about it, and like it was, it's eerie because the comic had everything Predator Two used. Like he had the spear, he was working um, in, uh, you know, working in the city in Gotham City, of course. Um, it dealt with mobs, and whereas Predator Two dealt with like these gangs. So it's very weird. It came out almost the exact same time. It takes a while to do a comic. Just like a movie, so you'd almost have to think that were they working with each other in that sense, because they came out like almost like, like I said, like within a year or within a few months of each other. Yeah, I would say they probably would have had to. They were probably sitting there thinking like Batman's the hottest franchise out right now. I mean, Michael Keaton had just with Jack Nicholson had just made Batman. That was nineteen eighty nine. And then, you know, you got Predator coming out. Let's do a crossover. Comics were getting huge at that time, too. Um, I mean, I remember in that time period, you know, when, like, the Death of Superman comic came out. And it was, like, worth $30,000, you know. So that was in in the heyday of comics, um, which I hope that never happens again. Because I I would flip out if I saw a comic that cost more than my car. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now I can actually buy a nice car. So Mm -hmm. that would definitely uh, be weird. But yeah, yeah, I really think that that's where where they went with that. I don't know. I've never actually researched it, but that sounds like it's very very likely. Yeah, um, and I said, and I did also follow like a lot of the games, and um, since I was into the comics, I followed the um, like the Alien versus Predator. So when you first so in Predator Two, when he goes into that uh, trophy room and you see the alien head. 
And then, like I said, they within a couple of um, months, within a year, the Alien vs. Predator comics started coming out. And that just became, like, a thing. And I remember seeing, like, you know, you would see a few Alien books. You'd see a couple of Predator books, but they'd always put them together. Which I think made the anticipation for um, AVP when it came out, like I said, in 2004 made me like really want to see that but it just that movie just disappointed and I think probably the biggest problem was that at least with the comic they didn't go to earth it was always on this other planet because you remember the aliens franchise the biggest thing was not not bringing the aliens to earth Right. The whole thing was like, don't don't bring these things to Earth because they'll overrun. Don't bring the Earth overrun. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them wet. Exactly. Don't get them wet. <laughs> um, it, it's like, uh, and they're pretty much just like gremlins. Um, <laughs> not really, but but um, but MVP tries to make the thing like, oh no, they've always been on Earth. Heck, there's a queen like based off of MVP. We were just worried in the alien movies, they're just worried about a handful of them getting on Earth. And maybe a queen. Based off of AVP, not only is there a queen in ice underneath an oil rig, but they come to Earth so often that in several temples, there's potentially different queen aliens in hibernation already on Earth. That's like, what? No. It's like, you guys have seen the other movies, right? Right. <laughs> you didn't just bridge the cliff notes of the of the comic, because obviously you're, you're taken from the comic, because if you see the AVP logo, and if you look back, if you try to look up the old comics, it's the same logo. So obviously you read the comic and thought you can do this. Maybe you should read a little bit more closely there. So... Out of all the movies, or at least all the movies you've seen, how would you rank the Predator movies? Okay. Um, well, as far as the Predator movies, I would definitely go with the first and the second one being first and second, obviously. Yeah. That just makes the most sense. Um, Predators, I put as number three, uh, just because I loved, you know, PTSD, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Morgan Freeman. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> hey. That would have been even cooler. Uh, um, well, and Adrian Brody, I think he did a good job. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, Morgan Freeman just, you know, he works in red as, like, the retired, uh, you know, uh, Hitman. Hitman. Yeah. And he works in Wanted as the, um, you know, he's the boss, and he'll get in that one fight later, but. I don't know. Is is the one that's actually out on the field the whole time? Eh, no, I, I'm I'm picturing him like in the ship hiding like like Lawrence Fishburne, right? And and the predator just comes and listens to him tell him bedtime stories. Like that's what I I see. I just see like you know just like him just sitting there cross legged like you know just listening. <laughs> and you know the sad part is I would accept that even more than what happened in. The Predators movie that just came out. If you had just a pack of them shipping Lawrence Fishburne back to Earth, but as they're going back to Earth, 
they have story time with um well, sorry with uh, with Morgan Freeman <laughs> as he's telling them Earth history. I I'd, I'd accept that more than. But okay, so we've got um, Predator One, Predator Two, Number Predators. One, and Predators. Uh, so uh, next up from there would be uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem, and then Alien versus Predator. That's interesting. You put Requiem above the first AVP. Why? Um, I actually saw it before the other one, and oh. so I didn't have. I guess I kind of just was like, oh, yeah. this is pretty cool, so I'll okay. go back and watch the other one. I kind of missed Alien vs. Predator. It was one of those movies that... It was at that time I was watching a ton of movies in the theater, and it was just one of those ones that just I missed. And I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, this one came... Well, shoot, I missed that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was uh, that was really my thought process there. Yes, yeah, I, I just... AV, the AVPR, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, um, just gets on my nerves just because that one... Uh, it's so like darkly lit that half the time you can't see what's going on. You can't see what the predator looks like. You can't see the aliens. Um, the blood splatter, they surprisingly get that all over the red and green of the aliens and predators and stuff. But I don't know, it's just so dark. I put that so low. But if it wasn't for how bad predators was, it would have... Aldo, APR and the Predator uh, kind of take the bottom rung. There's like a fight for last place for those two. <laughs> and maybe it's because it reminded me of watching the first one in black and white. I don't know. That could maybe. Be it too. It's like, wow, how do you see that? Uh, it's, it's, you know, rabbit ears are good. <laughs> so, talk about the Predator. And so, how would you define, or can you even define the movie as like, is it a sci fi movie or is it a horror movie or action or maybe some weird combo of all you know all three or maybe something different what do you think uh well you know i think they really run the gambit of of genres like the first one i would put in as you know sci-fi action as what i as what the second one um the uh you know the alien versus predators were more thriller horror science fiction Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, Predators and The Predator were more um, action science fiction as well. So I think they kind of blend back and forth between the genres and, you know, just have a, you know, an interesting mix. Because none, none of the two movies, aside from there being Predators in them, are, are you know, exactly alike in how they're portrayed. And yeah, and the question that we uh, that we talked about and um, kind of explained is, you know, not only just Predator but just uh, movies in general, they've changed so much over the years. Um, is sci-fi really still a genre, or is it more or less just a background for movies, more or less just a setting? I think when it started out, you know, in early movie days, it was a genre because you know you had those people who were into science fiction and those people who weren't and the people that were into science fiction made science fiction movies. Um, but now we're seeing this in a lot of ways, uh, definitely not with the newest Predator movie, but with other movies and television shows, they use the science fiction as a means to an end. Like, for instance, one of my favorite um, science fiction television shows, Battlestar Galactica, was really just a political 
thriller, you know, espionage action that happened to be taking place in space. Right. So I think as it's went, it's evolved from actually being a genre to being a means wherewith to tell a story in a different way. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, and, and I started seeing that too, but like a lot of movies, when I started looking at a lot of sci-fi movies, especially where I started looking back at The Predator, I'm like, The Predator more or less is just a background on certain things. It's like um, more or less a backdrop. So like... The first Predator, and uh, and I've seen this before that so far the first two really take this place that they're almost a separate plot and then they just throw the Predator into the mix. So take Predator 1, for instance. The real plot of Predator 1 is a U.S. Um, elite group is going into the jungle supposedly to rescue a um, a downed uh, senator or something like that. It was like a down like government official. And they're being aided by a CIA agent who it's knows Apollo the command. Creed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hall of Creed after <laughs> after he supposedly survived his fight from uh, from, from the Russian yeah, Rocky, Rocky Four, he uh, decided to go into the CIA and become an agent but um but like you know they're going down there and but when they get down there and fight the um gorillas down in mexico or i think it's in mexico yeah they look Brazil. like more like extras on the cast of a or a set of a cheech and chong movie to be honest you know <laughs> they what? didn't look like they were very tough gorillas sometimes <laughs> i think i see some of them in the next movie in in uh in predator 2 where they're supposed to be colombians i'm like i think i just saw you as an extra in this other movie but Eh, who knows? But then you find out, okay, they get down there and you find out that they're being aided by um, Russian soldiers and they're shipping weapons and the soldiers were being used by the CIA as kind of these guinea pigs. And then the Predator shows up and messes up everybody's day. So it's kind of like this, it was the, it was basically the plot of a Arnold Schwarzenegger commando movie, but they were like, oh, let's throw the Predator in there. Predator 2... Is lethal weapon. I mean, <laughs> Danny Glover is a look at this. Danny Glover is a uh, is a old cop that's been on the force for fifteen years. He's got the classic partner that's been with him since they were rookies. You've got the um, staple female badass who's part of his crew. You have the staple new recruit who's trying to make a name for himself. They have the. Captain that's with them but wants them to go offline, but then you have the commissioner that's really hard on their case. And they're in a city that's being run by two different drug like two different um gangs, and then a third party shows up, messes up everybody's day. You have a government official that says they're DEA, but they're hunting this rogue guy that's like gone crazy. If you take, if you just replace the predator with, let's Mel see, <laughs> maybe, but no, I'm thinking, okay, if it's a, if it's in the '90s, actually, if you replace the predator with like Dolph Lundgren oh. as this like ex asset, like the Punisher, yes, yeah, like the Punisher, <laughs> you replace it with just a Punisher. This is just lethal weapon, or this is the Punisher, but instead. You just replace that with a predator 
And now it's like a sci-fi movie. And actually, and, they probably couldn't get Dolph Lundgren because he was filming The Punisher at the time. Okay, there yeah. we go. So yeah, so so The Predator Two is nothing more than a either Punisher or Lethal Weapon script that got scrapped because they couldn't get Dolph Lundgren, and they put the Predator in in, in his place. I'm but it's but it, it's yeah. I'm pretty sure if they could make the if they. They would have had somebody say that on TV, and then all of a sudden, Predator comes up, and they're like, it's all quiet, and you hear, I must break you. <laughs> yeah, so, but, and those worked, but when it came to the stories of the later ones, when they tried to expand on it, it seems that's where they faltered. Even though the comics were able to do it, the video games, for the most part, able to do it, but... You know, it just seems like that was the formula and the Predator shouldn't be any more than that. Now, they did expand. I think Predator 2 did the best way of expanding it. You know, you had a... you. We already knew from the first one they had trophies. So, in the second one, it stands that he would have a trophy case. But they were subtle with, like, all of a sudden you see the trophy case, you see these weird other skulls to say, hey... They're not just coming to Earth. They're coming to random other places. A town near you. Yeah, a town near you. Or a, a planet near you in your solar system. But um, but then, to add on top of that, the older Predator, seeing how Danny Glover took out one of his own, hands him a gun from the 1700s. So, that right there are two things that I think a lot of movies now, they try to heavy hand this story and that was just a subtle way of just saying look they've been coming around here for like this wasn't just a one-off they've been coming here for hundreds of years so that means at least this one that even implies that they live a long time right that they've been around the block and when i start talking about predator in 2018 you'll realize that they stomp all over that theory. Oh, my God. It's so bad. So, um, let's see. What's going to ask? So, um, kind of going back to the Predator, one thing I actually thought about is because of how they've tried and failed so many times, um, and why I wanted to talk about one and two so much in that is that maybe that's maybe the best way to do a Predator movie is to throw him, throw it into a different situation. So the question I want to know is that if you can move the Predator into any other movie or universe, regardless of, you know, we're, we're throwing out, uh, rights and what have you. Everyone's happy and wants to make money on this. And they figure, hey, we're going to make money by making a good movie. I know it's a crazy concept, but we're going to try it. What movie or universe would you try to throw the Predator into? Okay. Well, I've got, I've got uh, two that I think would be good fits for the Predator. And you actually kind of touched on the one, but I'll leave it for a second. Um <clears throat> Just because I'd really love to see another one, the Chronicles of Riddick series. I would love to see 
Predator versus Riddick. Oh, uh, now tell me more on this one now. I'm interested <laughs> in this one. So, I mean, you know, you have, he's on, you know, been dumped on some world again. You know, like Riddick <laughs> always is at the beginning of every movie. And turns out that it is a Predator hunting ground. It's like in, in the Predators where they just dropped all these people randomly on the planet. Right. But this time Riddick's there. And it's just this all all out battle, you know, aliens, uh, you know, other humans. Oh, you throw whatever. them all in there. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, maybe some actual yeah. aliens, but I mean, like, just aliens in general. But, yeah, even the aliens themselves have him there and just hunting them. And then he realizes that they're not even the baddest ones out there because the Predator's coming. Yeah. So I think that would be really, really awesome. Um, another one, which, like I said, you t- touched on, is to put the Predator in the DC universe somewhere. That's what, okay. Now, I have actually a specific plot that if it were another movie, that I think this would work out great. But did you have anything specific other than just throwing them into the DC universe as this kind of random foil? Uh, well, because of the, the Batman versus Predator comic. Uh, yeah. Because I did a little bit of uh, research on this before our interview. And also... The one thing that the DC Universe lacks and why all of their movies are either okay or suck is they don't have good villains. They need somebody that you can actually get behind and hope that the uh, the, the heroes Cruise. prevail against. Yeah. Most of the villains in the DC Universe so far have just been simply like, would you just finally kill him already because I'm annoyed with him being on the screen? <laughs> it wasn't exact. I didn't feel one way or the other. It was like it was like in the Equalizer where it's like you mean as much to me as like a bottle cap or a piece of lint, <laughs> something to be removed and thrown yeah. away. You know, I really didn't care about the villains, and I'd like to see one that I'm just like, oh, how are they going to do this? And no amount of extra CG is going to make you any more than just a bottle cap. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't care how much money they spent removing your muscles. Stash. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts my soul. I love Superman. I like Superman. Superman is awesome. That's I just a, had to throw that in there because I can't believe they spent that much money on their CG budget for a mustache. So okay, so getting back to DC because they've made several um, you know attempts and they like I said Batman vs Predator. They've had them like with Superman I think at one point they've had Green Lantern versus Aliens and stuff. So I think okay. In my opinion, it's like, you can't have heroes because the hero has to win. Unless you're going to do, like, Weird Elseworlds. And even then, you know, it's hard. And you can't have too many people with a hero. So you can't have a Justice League, for instance. Right. Because, you know, you're not going to... Anyone... There's there's not too many members of, like... There's not throwaway members you can put on the Justice League or Teen Titans. So I was like, okay, who can I put against a Predator where he can still kill some of them? You can still have, you know, major people. Still, he can still kill them, and it still be like this major fight all the way to the end. And there's one pick, Suicide Squad. Okay. Yeah. And like my pick would be like, and this would make more sense than. Quick tangent: Suicide Squad make the movie to me makes little sense because, at least in my experience, the Suicide Squad has always been a covert kind of military group that uses criminals but they don't want the world to know that they're being you they they don't want the world knowing that the u.s because it's always in the u.s that, that does that's pretty much creating the suicide squad 
The U.S. doesn't want the world to know they're retasking these criminals to do these things. So they'll go undercover. Drop in the jungle in Venezuela. Exactly, drop in the jungle in Venezuela, um, a country in like Eastern like Europe or something like that to take out somebody. That's why they plant bombs on them. So that if they get caught, they can't say anything. So what better way would be Basically, it would just be kind of the plot of, even though it's, re- it's kind of replacing it, it's just the plot of Predator 1, in which you can say the Suicide Squad is going, let's say, against, has to infiltrate Star Labs, because and Star Labs is a major, um, you know, uh, organization in D.C. Right. Facility's gone quiet. They want to know what's going on. They send the Suicide Squad in. Turns out there's a Predator there. And the Suicide Squad is always one of those, like, B-list villains. So you can get away with killing a couple of them. And then they have to try to get one up on the Predator. And I think that would have made, like, a really good movie. Not only just for the Predator, but for the Suicide Squad in DC. And, heck, put the Predator in the DC universe. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, have him hunting some of the the villains or, you know, yeah. like... Uh... I would, I would even say put him into the, uh, put him into the uh, uh, Star Wars universe. Have him as one of the uh, bounty hunters. Yeah, as one of the bounty hunters that's like trying to track down the rebels and stuff. Or wouldn't that be cool? Like, because uh, I've heard talks of the Mandalorians movie. One of their one of their rivals is the predator. Is the predator race? Oh my goodness! See, and that gets away with like. You know, the staple people like, oh, the Mandalorian Rivals has to be the Jedi. No, the Mandalorian Rivals is a race of, like, badass aliens who can turn invisible that can fight just as dirty as they will. Yeah, I mean, and, and they could certainly exist in that universe. There's so many alien races out there, so, yeah, definitely. I need you to get into Hollywood. You just need, you just <laughs> need to get into Hollywood and start making these movies. Maybe we can help them out. So... Uh, kind of speaking with um, going on the Star Wars and the Predator and everything. So, the Predator makeup was made by Stan Winston. You don't know that. And for people who are listening don't know that is he is a pretty much makeup artist or um, effects, uh, effects artist guru. Um, the original idea for the Predator was this weird lizard type um a creature that was real spinely and um, just it was just so it was like they had this weird lizard look for it and the problem was when they match it up against and the first one when they match up against Arnold and Carl Weathers and Jesse Ventura they were like how's this thing gonna like no one's gonna take it seriously this thing is hunting these guys and bring them on the brink and um and they even got, uh, was it uh, John claude Van Damme? Because the original concept, which I think may work now more than it did back then, was that the Predator was supposed to be this kind of like lithe, almost ninja-like character. Which, that would kind of be cool to see a Predator that was more like that. Like, that, that, that acted more like a ninja, basically. Not only just the invisibility, but how it actually stalked and... Um, how it strikes quickly and stuff. And maybe even though it's smaller, it's stronger. The Last Predator with Tom Cruise. Dear God. 
<laughs> no, because then he'll just like break something as he's like trying to do so. He'll want to do his own stunts in the suit. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, Stan Winston created this you know outfit that just became iconic that you just see in every um, comic convention and cross, cos, uh, cosplay everywhere. And I was just wondering, like for yourself. Um, what are maybe four, four or more alien or um, basically alien makeup? Because the Predator looks, not only does he look alien, it looks real. It looks like this could be, if, if an alien race exists, this thing looks like it could actually exist in the real world. So what are some that you've seen that, or some alien makeups that you've seen that really did look like that good you know and minus any kind of cg like that is like practical makeup that made it look real good okay uh well um minus cg i would say like probably my first favorite was always admiral akbar (laughs) (laughs) yeah because that was my first that was the first science it's a trap it's a trap (laughs) yeah that was my first uh you know my first movie uh series that i ever watched in science fiction um, Grig from The Last Starfighter. I thought that makeup was really oh, good. Yeah. Going back to 1984, you know? Starlight, yeah. Starbright. Yeah. They should have just used him for Croc. <laughs> it would have looked better, yeah. Um, Dargo from Farscape. I think he looked... Well, actually, all of the character makeup in Farscape, I thought was really Yeah, good Farscape in general things. did a really good job. Yeah, uh, they had a lot of great alien makeup. Um, and then, of course... Uh, you know, my favorite character uh, from, from you know, as far as uh, alien characters was Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. I love yep, him. yeah, Yondu, I mean, yeah. I love Michael Rooker. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! <laughs> I actually have that in my notes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I do not know if whoever came, when they came up with that line, I don't think they expected that. It's like when memes appear out of nowhere, they were just like, there's no way we could have predicted. <laughs> Honestly, I think there was a Disney executive sitting there because they knew they were doing the live action Mary Poppins movie, and they're like, "How do we advertise?" It's like, "Yeah, get Michael Rooker to do exactly, that. yeah." <laughs> Just replace him with Michael Rooker. Said no one, but <laughs> that was, I would watch that Mary Poppins movie, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, he comes in. The kids are like, "Mary Poppins, you've changed." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! No, those are some great choices. I I definitely agree with all of them. Um, I really liked, uh, like when I first saw the uh, not just the Predator, but like the aliens, like from the first two movies, uh, the second movie more because I remember the second movie a lot more than the first. Um, but yeah, but the second one when they're um, crawling through the ducks and um, you know attacking and swarm, they look just menacing, and they looked. Like the name says, they looked alien, and I really liked that kind of uh, practical look for them. Um, I think another one just uh, from Star Wars, Chewie. Yeah. Chewbacca was like, you know, the first kind of real suit. It was simple. They always showed him in like the right angles and everything. So he looked like a, you know, a different creature more than just some, you know, guy in the suit, basically. Let's see. Um, so we're talking a lot about different sci-fi, um, movies and sci-fi, um, 
books and stuff. So, what are some of the qualities in sci-fi movies you look for when you're like you know trying to check out a new sci-fi you know movie or new sci-fi book or show? What are some qualities that really just stand out for you personally? Uh, I think the biggest thing um, is actually the story and the why of of the story. Um, you know, I've always been big into reading. I've always been big into watching science fiction movies. So I've seen everything from, you know, stuff that, uh, you know, has been like the greatest cinema and books ever made to stuff that, you know, Mystery Science Theater probably even lost ratings over airing. So, um, <laughs> you know, I've watched a lot of different, a lot of different movies. Um, and uh, so I, I'm very big into story, even if it's cheesy, mm-hmm. you know, it's, if it's compelling, um, and then to bring back up the DC problem, strong villains, you have to have somebody that you can just really get in yeah. there and hate because it draws you in. You're like, okay, when are they finally going to beat this guy? Like, like right. Ronan, the accuser. I think he is, he was like for guardians of the galaxy. I think he was probably one of the best villains for that, for them to fight in the first one. I think so too, and I actually liked um, Aisha from the second one just because of that like relentless villain of like you wronged me and I'm gonna use everything, everything regardless yes. of what my advisors are telling me, regardless of how much resources I've wasted trying to. I, I you know you you have pissed me off personally, and I'm gonna get you no matter where you are in the universe. I'm Even gonna get I- you. Yeah, no matter how many lives it takes. Exactly. You end. Yes, absolutely. That's a great call out. I didn't even think about her because I was thinking more of uh, Ego. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Ego is another one where he's like, I've like this grand plan and, you know, I'll, and I'll kill, you know, anyone, you know, who kind of like, who interferes with that. Even uh, his mother, which, you know, he kind of just offhand, and he even like says just offhandedly like, yeah, I, I that's kind of, why I had to give your mom cancer. That's yeah. why I gave her cancer. Mm. Yeah, no biggie. Biggie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I like those too. Um, it's funny, and that's that's one of the things that I look for too. Is like a uh, good plot, good villains, and I, I and kind of like what I was saying um, before in previous podcasts. I like group. Um, I kind of like the group dynamics the whole chosen one thing is kind of nice a little bit um and it definitely works for video games and it definitely works for um like star movies like john wick or something like that where you know the movie is based off that but when you have something like star war star wars uh, even if you had a group like kind of going off against the predator um i personally like having like this kind of small band of people, like in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, leverage. These are like small little groups that are trying to overcome, and, and it doesn't work unless they work together, and they all have a part to play in it. There's no one that's a, um, a duplicate. Huh? Like Captain Boomerang. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Captain Boomerang. They could, again, Suicide Squad, different, that's different, cast all together but they could have used him a lot better than what they decided to do on that but yeah but yeah, exactly no 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 captain boomerangs no um killer crocs that 
you know, only work in this one situation and that's it. It's like, oh, he's only good if you swim. If you have something where you have to have him go in the water and that's it. It's like old school it's RPGs, whole... like, oh yeah, get out your get get out your healer for this one. <laughs> you, never, you, know you never use them, but you know this battle. At, you at least a healer. healer. Whenever people get hurt, you can bring the healer. In that show, they had no. There was no situation he helped in, other than swimming somewhere. <laughs> that was it. Water. Uh, oh, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, now in uh, Predator, we've got your Lord Fishbird. All right, <laughs> coming in yeah. in his, in his Baka Predator helmet. <laughs> so, um, you ever had a dream, Leo? <laughs> so that's really the major questions I had, and um, one of the things I guess I uh, want to kind of talk about now, since I've got a moment, is we talked a lot about the Predator One, Predator Two, how. You know, the plot and the characters in that movie and talk a little bit about AVP and also the Predators, of course, with Lawrence Fishman and Brody. But I guess at this point we do have to talk about The Predator. Now, The Predator was a movie that came out in 2018, so it came out only a few months ago. And it's done by Shane Black, who was in the first one. He was Hawkins. If you don't remember who that one was... He was the one that had the really bad jokes that if you watch the movie, it is funny. When he tells his jokes, they purposely make it awkward to highlight the fact that he tells jokes, but he's not that funny. In fact, the only time uh, Billy, who's the, who's the um, Native American, the only time he laughs is a point where the predator is watching and he records that laugh, of course, for later. And then Billy looks around and realizes somebody was listening to him. So even at the point where he's supposed to be portrayed as funny, when then I can't remember the joke and it's very bad, not even gonna, <laughs> pretty sure that puts me on a list to maybe be used in like 2020. He says, hey, uh, T- uh, Tariq on his podcast said such and such joke on, no. Not even gonna get into it, but they make it purposely that you know he's not that funny, basically. So, and he's the first one to get killed too. So that's like, hey, uh, not only was he not that funny, the two times he told a joke, we're getting rid of him <laughs> right away. It's those glasses, right? <laughs> so Predator already subverts the "I'm gonna kill the black guy first. So I appreciate Predator for that. But um, we killed the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. No, was he? he? Won't, no, he was not. But he looks like he, he looks like he, he looks like he was like, oh, well, Revenge of the Nerds decided to go into the army. It's like Polly Shore. Oh goodness. But anyway, but what I'm trying to say is that, and even in later ones, they had little jokes here and there. But they're not they're not com- they're not meant to be comedies. There are comedies out there. There's comedy sci-fi's out there. But The Predator is a franchise that is not meant to be a straight comedy. And anytime you insert, you can put little jokes here and there. I'm not talking about like, you know, you remove all jokes but or funny situations. You can have a few here and there. But when you have all these like silly off-color jokes, it doesn't work. Like in The Predator movie where um, Shane Black, like I said, he 
you can almost like every weird and just off color joke in there, you can almost be like, that's just his character from the movie. It's almost like he's inserting his character from that movie. And you're like, hmm, I see why he was killed. <laughs> and I wish this whole movie was killed early. So, the basic plot of The Predator 2018 is Transformer. It's a Transformers plot. I mean, some of you heard this one before. An alien, ra- an alien race out there is having some infighting. One group, one alien decides to leave and take a secret weapon with him to hopefully stop the other faction. He gets shot down and crashes on Earth where he meets up with some humans who are going to use this um, artifact against the other alien that shot him down and they just want to conquer the whole world. That's basically a basic plot of Transformers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and actually a couple other really bad science fiction Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a, <laughs> a lot of sci-fi. That's almost like a basic trope of sci-fi. Almost, almost, it's almost almost a basic trope as much as a kid from a planet that's about to be destroyed that's sent to Earth where all of a sudden he has special powers, but... Yeah, I don't think I've heard that one before. That oh, you yeah, haven't? No, yeah. He becomes a super character. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes! <laughs> where he joins the League of Avengers. <laughs> of course, Superman. Yes. But, uh, but, um, but no, but... Okay, so... That's how it just starts off, and it's kind of one of those. Okay, fine. You're gonna. This is the type of movie you're making. Okay, and it was funny because I had just watched a preview of Bumblebee right before this movie starts, and I was like, and and just when that 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 first five minutes because it's a area, it's a it's a it's it's a space fight. You got the two ships, one firing on the other, and then the other ship creates a. Basically creates a portal that looks exactly like the portal from Guardians. And I was like, you are taking everything from every other movie that came out this year. Because they make this portal that's almost exactly like the portal that happens in Guardians 2. And it passes through, gets shot down. And like I said, just watched the trailer from Bumblebee. So I'm like, this is almost... This is Transformer. This is like how Bumblebee gets to Earth almost. Or probably or probably how they do it. I hope they do something different. But this is like this could be how he gets to Earth. But the Predator crash lands on the planet and kills this small army group until one guy manages to knock him out. So right there you're um you're putting the predator in a super situation where he gets knocked out. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs> exactly. You had Will Smith and just knock out the predator with one punch. What? This alien race that's been around for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, has come to Earth and back randomly, has killed things like aliens, other humans, possibly like T Rexes. I don't know. And. A lucky uh, U.S. sniper gets a lucky shot on him and knocks him out. And the movie just devolves from there because supposedly the Predator brought this weapon. 
their mentality is the predator brought them a weapon to help them against the other predators that are eventually going to invade. But you have that first predator. Not only does he kill the army officers that he first crash lands, he kills a bunch of people in the uh, facility that's holding him. This is not a guy that's really wanting your help for anything or really wanting to look out for you at any point. It's like, well, these guys, you know, I, I've got to get my kills in, you know. Yet, <laughs> yet all the humans, and Olivia Munn plays a scientist, and... That happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit happens. And they go on this assumption that he's trying to help them. I'm like, where do you get that? Well, I mean, I never really liked Bob. He was kind of a jerk, so I'm okay with him killing Bob. So, he must have felt that vibe. <laughs> so then you have this other alien, which is... And, and here's another thing which kind of pissed me off about it. They actually made... And it looks like I'm actually getting to a point. We've actually gone on a lot longer than I thought. We may have to do a part two of this because it looks like Anchor is telling me we need to call this a close because they're going to give me 60 minutes. Oh, well, we got but, three minutes. Speed round. <laughs> speed round. Okay, you know what? This is going to take up a little bit later because I mainly wanted to get David here and get him talking about this. And I think we went over a lot of the Predator. We're gonna, there's going to be a part two of this. Part two, I'm going to really just tear into the Predator movie of how much I hate the 2018. I'd rather leave this on a high note. And say thank you, David, no for actually. Yeah, exactly. No, it's all. <laughs> I gave double up. thumbs up. But hey, you gave a thumbs up. I'm giving a thumbs up too. So four thumbs up. But I want to thank David for coming along with me. Thank you for rambling and talking this random stuff about sci-fi and Predator and all stuff. And I really hope we do this again. Maybe we'll actually uh, play something together. Sounds like a plan. Um, anything in the next uh, minute and. Uh, few seconds that you want to kind of throw in plug uh the new book maybe that'll be coming out yes yeah i'm hoping to have my new book it's called hurtling towards home a story of hope it's the first in the series and i'm hoping to have that out by mid-january um you can get updates about the book as i'm gonna start putting out on my website uh which is creativecalvert.com if you can't spell my last name it's c-a-l-v-e-r-t creativecalvert.com so Thanks, Streak, for having me on the show. It's been an honor, and I can't wait for part two. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming along. And everybody else, I hope you all have a great week. Peace.